Welcome back to episode 19 of the Blockrunner podcast, where we keep you updated on the latest in crypto and explain what it all actually means. I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iman. And as always, here are the topics we'll be discussing today. First, we discuss Facebook's congressional hearing. We break down the Libra Association and how it impacts the monetary system. We then discuss the difference between Libra and Bitcoin from the banking perspective. Topic number four is on fractional reserve banking and how this affects Libra. And finally, Elon unveils Neuralink. Let's jump right in. Oh, Will, how's it going, man? How's it feel to have a camera on you now? It feels <laughs> feels natural as we didn't have a camera. Exactly, right? We're still in this fucking... Well, it's not a dark room anymore. We got, like, fucking studio lights in here and shit. Yeah. Pretty nice. And so... Dude, we're slowly evolving, man. Slowly. Yeah, slowly. Very, very slowly, but it's making making progress. <laughs> um, so let's run down what happened in the last couple of days. So we've had um, and a representative of Facebook go to Congress and, and the Senate to talk about Facebook's Libra. Yeah, pretty much they were like, they forced their ass to show up, right? Yeah. I they, wouldn't too much call it like a subpoena or nothing like that, but it's like... Yeah, it was in an invitation. <laughs> yeah, I, I think a lot of them were pissed off that... Fucking Zuckerberg didn't show up again, you know? Well, I mean, this isn't Zuckerberg's thing. So What? Yeah, this is not Zuckerberg's thing. It's it's sort of Facebook owns Calibra. Yeah. And Facebook is designing the association of, of Libra, right? The Libra Association. But Zuckerberg, I mean, he's not like day to day involved other than he blessed the project and re and is providing the resources to the project. Yeah, but I mean, I mean come on, dude. He's the head of Facebook. And well, this, yeah, this is like a Facebook initiative. You just said it, you know, so. Yeah, but but like, to expect him to show up to something like this, this is like. So who did he send out? Um, I think his name. Like, what's his background? What does he do? It's Mr. Marcus. Yeah. Um, do you have any idea who he is? He's just like a. Well, he's the lead in this, this project. Calibra. Of Calibra, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so the Libra Association is an association of 100 companies, right? Mm-hmm. Facebook is one of them. Yeah. And Calibra is Facebook's wallet app that they plan to make money from. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's their way. So so the Libra Association is a nonprofit organization, and the Calibra app is a, a for-profit you know, endeavor for Facebook. So the problem with this is Facebook is the only company that has two, 2.2 billion users. Yeah. And so, you know, they're talking about how this is a nonprofit organization, association, uh, but they're the only ones with 2.2 billion human beings who they can um, eventually monetize through Calibra. Out of the whole organization, you mean? Out of like the eventual of, 100? Yeah, even, uh, even if they had 100 companies already signed up, yeah. combining them all 100 companies probably won't even amount to 2.2 or 2, 2.2 billion people. Uh, they might, but it's it's very unlikely. I mean, one Facebook would have all the power. Yeah, at least they would have the more users that they can onboard than anyone else. But like, if this thing takes off and gets congressional <coughs> approval and all this stuff, the government <coughs> allows it to happen. It's going to be on Facebook, right? Like this Libra token oh, sure. is going to be like, yeah, everyone who has a Facebook account is going to have access to this network. Yeah, absolutely, so, absolutely. I understand their frustration with that. Like, you know, I guess Zuckerberg has shit to do and stuff, but. I think at some point he's going to have to step on stage too. Yeah, no, I think, I think. he he might he might have to. Maybe like yeah, man, cuz based on what you listen to, like do they sound like they understood it very well like um, in Congress? Some of most of them, well, I I, I don't want to say most of them. I think there is a 20 to 30% 
understanding of what cryptocurrencies is and especially what Libra is. Yeah. But there's like one or two congressmen, uh, senators who actually distinguish the difference between Libra and Bitcoin, which one is decentralized and immutable and another one like Libra is not because you can send Facebook a subpoena and you can stop somebody from making transactions. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to do that with Bitcoin. Those are the snippets that I heard pretty much. The guys yeah. that made that distinction. Yeah. And my, so I did listen to a lot of the, the hearing. So it was like four hours one day, four hours the next day. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Marcus, uh, the representative of Facebook, I mean, he was, he was getting hit pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, rightfully so, but in some aspects, probably a little too hard and, and so it's, hard in a way where they weren't really asking the questions to get a response. They were asking the questions just to be almost like assholes. It's probably because Facebook's reputation. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Everyone assumes Facebook's out to do some type of evil yeah. these days. And and know. some of the congressmen, they called out other congressmen and saying that, you know, we have to be open to listen to new innovations because yeah. if you if we don't, then the United States would be left behind. Yeah, and, man. This isn't a fucking uh, localized thing. This is yeah. a global movement. And like, damn, did you see the China's new version of Tesla? What? Yeah. I think it's called I... Uh, Nia, Neo, like Neo, but with an I and seventy. Look that shit up, dude. I want you. It's basically Neo? like you know how China does these things, right? They copy American yeah, yeah. companies. They have a Tesla. Well, that's now. what they do, right? Yeah, but it's called NIO is the name of the company, I think. And I, I looked at their car. It looks fucking crazy. Okay, so look at it. Oh shit! <laughs> it looks pretty badass. Wait, don't is it? this it? Neo? I think that's their car. Projected or production EV. Interesting. So we got a, wait, Lotus intends to do the production EV record of the Nurburg ring. What in the Germany. fuck? You haven't yeah. heard of the Nurburg ring? No, what is that? It's, it's a very famous like track on, mm. on the planet. And yeah. that's where most of the cars go and, and test out their, test specs, out their specs. Exactly. Like top end specs. Yeah, dude. It looks fucking baller shit, man. Yeah, that but car this looks is, sick. This I know. This is like a concept, dude. Yeah. I mean, come on. When you saw the Tesla, what's it called? The new Roadster concept. Oh, yeah. Still... But but it's not a concept. That's the actual production true. car. They had a fucking car rolling out yeah. that day. That's true. Yeah, that was a production car. So, yeah, this definitely looks cool. Yeah, but my point is, is you know, um, well, yeah, China's going to have their own Libra is what I'm saying. Oh, eventually. Well, yeah. Well, they got a billion people. So yeah, gonna... they have their own Facebook, right? What's it called? Yeah. Like WeChat or some WeChat. shit like that? Yeah, yeah they're definitely going to do this, dude. Yeah. So, like, like you said, we can't hamper our own innovation by, you know, due to government regulation because China yeah. eventually will fucking just wreck us. Yeah, what China does is they, they take a successful product and they try to copy it. But, you know, copying an electric car, I mean, that's saying a lot. Yeah. You, you, that's a tall order to copy an electric car. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know if they have, well, she's like, they probably wouldn't have the infrastructure to manufacture, mass produce these type of vehicles. Tesla has to. Well, that's for sure. They had to start from the ground up, dude. Yeah. That fucking company. That's for sure. But uh, yeah, eventually I want to talk about Neuralink. Get into that. Yeah. So, um, so a couple of things before we we jump off the topic of Libra. There's, uh, I want to share a couple of videos here of you know some of the congressmen and senators talking to uh, Mr. Marcus, and uh, let's listen in on this one. Your head of product, Kevin Wheel, told TechCrunch on June love? 18th that there are quote no plans for the Libra Association yeah. to take a role in actively vetting end quote developers of wallets, exchanges or other related apps. But failing to vet developers would expose Arizonans to scammers, which is unacceptable. Do you stand by Kevin's statement? Uh, Senator, um, first I want to correct something, which is that 
WhatsApp is fully encrypted, so even Facebook doesn't have access to messages on WhatsApp. But to answer your question, which is a very important one, uh, I would say two things. One is that while uh, the Libra Association uh, will not get in the way of developers developing things, we will need uh, as an association to find the right approach to ensure that publishing uh, services on the Libra network uh, has controls. Uh, and the one thing I want to say as well is that uh, financial literacy is really important uh, and that at the Libra Association, uh, there will be grant uh, and, and spent and, and, and investment made into uh, financial literacy. Get and as far response. as the Calibra wallet is concerned, uh, not only will we have consumer protections uh, that will protect your constituents if uh, they ever have a fraud issue, uh, but we will make sure that there is appropriate uh, uh, education in the product uh, from the get-go. Well, that was very helpful information, but that response doesn't actually address my concern. Because if Libra's goal is to reach a population that studies show are especially vulnerable to financial fraud and abuse, without more vetting processes for these developers, Arizonans will be more likely to be scammed using Libra, which can Arizonans? jeopardize their hard-earned savings. Yeah. Okay. She's, a, she's representative. a representative, yeah. yeah. She so, cares about her voters, obviously. Yeah, of course. And so the way that Libra works is with this association, 100 companies are investing, I think, the $10 million. Yep, just and to get in, just to get in the door. But but there has to be. That's what she's asking, right? Like how do they how do they select which company? Yeah, gets so, into the top one hundred. So he didn't answer that. So I was I was actually listening live when he was being asked this question, and he didn't really answer. And the reason why he didn't answer is because he basically the um, Libra basically asked a bunch of companies just to join. Yeah, and it, there was no vetting process. Exactly, it's not like EOS where yeah. there's a voting infrastructure. Yeah, no, where you know it was anybody who wanted to join, and obviously yeah. Facebook and Zuckerberg and and Tim Draper and and all these guys who were part of the original you know Facebook startup scene, they're all in, right? Yeah. And so it's just Silicon Valley supporting each other. That's what they do. That's how they become so powerful. Yeah. So, but. One one of the one of the things that she was saying was the Libra. Uh, let me see. Let me go back here, and she she makes a good point. And, and, I wanted and to, investment made into uh, financial literacy, and as far as the Calibra so wallet is the concerned, literacy here. Uh, not only will we have consumer protections uh, that will protect your constituents if uh, they ever have a fraud issue, uh, but we will make sure that there is appropriate uh, uh, education in the product uh, from the get go. Well, that was very helpful information, but that response doesn't actually address my concern. Because if Libra's goal is to reach a population that studies show are especially vulnerable to financial fraud and abuse, without more... So that's what I wanted to talk about, the financial fraud and abuse. So... The general public? Yeah, the general public. <laughs> Essentially. But the Libra Association is basically, they're supporting a network, right? A blockchain network, well, technically a digital currency network. Mm -hmm. And they're allowed, it's, it's an open source project to a degree. And they're allowing developers like you and I to go and build an application that supports the Libra token. And so what she's saying is there is no, there's no regulation and there's no oversight as to who is developing applications for the Libra network. Mm -hmm. So what she's concerned about is if somebody develops an application for the Libra network that says, hey, this is a cool little app. So these people would be able to send money using this this wallet that is not Calibra, that hasn't been vetted, 
and potentially could get all their money uh, taken so, just because it's a nefarious developer. Okay, so uh, I didn't re- realize that Calibra had intentions of being more than just a stablecoin. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. So it's Libra is just a stablecoin. Yeah. The, the, the Libra token is just a stablecoin. But coin, the but Calibra blockchain, is it like... So the, Calibra is just a wallet just for wallet. Facebook. Okay. And so, but the association is allowing other developers to build other wallets that are not Calibra. To, to be able to use the Libra token for, you know, mm. just a different wallet. It's sort of like yeah, yeah, yeah. like the Jax wallet or the MyEther wallet. All those would be able to support the Libra token, but the association isn't vetting anybody yeah. to be able to build these. And and my point is, you can't vet anybody. It's the, the nature of open source is that you cannot vet anybody. Um, they could basically build any application that they want, any wallet app, and it could be designed to steal people's money. And there's really nothing Facebook or the Libra Associate can do about it besides say, hey, don't use this one particular app because it's it's a scam app. Yeah, just kind of like give people a warning. Right, users. just, yeah. yeah. And, but, you know. Yeah, like that shit happens all the time today yeah, in blockchain. exactly, exactly. Like, there's just, really nothing you can do. There, yeah. There is nothing. Um, and so that's that's what I wanted to point out is that these people, these congressmen, they, they don't know that. And so Facebook can't respond to this because there's nothing that they can do other than say that they can't do that. Then, of course, if Facebook says that they can't regulate that and can't control that and can't vet anything, they're not going to allow this to happen. I mean, that's going to be their initial reaction. Yeah. So so that was that was one of them. Um, this one's pretty interesting. You're going to like this one highlight a lot of uh, background information about about Bitcoin and about the, the, the uh, you know immutable distributed ledger and the benefits of that decentralization versus centralization um, uh, kind of you know a lot of people in this space will use a phrase uh, that you may be familiar with there's Bitcoin and then there's shitcoin are you familiar <laughs> with that phrase and what people might mean by that I am so Who's this? elaborate on how people she's the crypto the expert on um, Facebook or no. Or no, no, no. She's just an independent uh, crypto expert, hmm. and they've the interviewed like four or five independent years. like experts that are not in Facebook, and they just want to get their response. The nature of the Bitcoin protocol has been tested. People have tried to co-opt control of Bitcoin source code and push it in certain directions that benefit their business models. And this network and this protocol and its open source governance have withstood that test. It is robust, it has been tested, and it has had the benefit, frankly, of spending its first five years in its nascency, sort of operating in this environment of innovation and not having a lot of regulatory attention. Is there a central authority that could dilute the value of Bitcoin? No. Is there a central authority that could filter transactions at Bitcoin? No, that can only be done through the products and services that people utilize to access the network. Like Coinbase, for example. Absolutely. That is a U.S. company that is regulated based on the facts of what its business model is. Right. And so just like in the U.S., uh, you know, the Federal Reserve or the Treasury doesn't change the dollar. The, The people at the edges, the banks generally do that. But with Bitcoin, uh, you can still engage in peer-to-peer transactions like cash, correct? Absolutely. Uh, and uh, because it's open source code, you could have a wallet, correct? Absolutely. All these features are different than one, many of the things that people call uh, colloquially shitcoin uh, because the value can be distorted by a central... So what's your definition of a shitcoin? Shitcoin? Yeah, because I don't think that's his. That's not what he's talking about here. He's, oh. he's trying to make a distinction from his perspective of what a shitcoin is. Is anything that's not Bitcoin essentially? Well, it's because Bitcoin has that ten-year track record that yeah. nothing else has, really. Yeah, but you wouldn't call Ethereum or EOS shitcoins. 
Uh, I mean, some some would. Some do. Yeah, just because there's those maximalists out there. Yeah, right? that only Bitcoin why. is the real true cryptocurrency. But not every cryptocurrency is designed to be a store of value, right? Right, exactly. So yeah, I think that's something that they're going to have to eventually learn mm-hmm. over time. Yeah, you know, it's... That's they, the thing. It's it takes a while to understand to blockchain and, and cryptocurrencies. Well, yeah, I think they see like they, they everyone knows about Bitcoin and what what its purpose is and why it's designed and you know, its end goal. Yeah. But then they look at a list of two thousand other fucking cryptocurrencies that are they they think they're all competing. A lot of them are competing to be the next Bitcoin or yeah, you know, try and make incremental improvements in the technology. Right. But that's not it. You know, like you said, they haven't even started talking about smart contract platforms or anything yeah. like that. She you is. know, <laughs> not even the beginning. Yeah. So one one thing that uh, they it, this one like like dude just wait till like these gambling apps start oh, popping yeah. like they're gonna have to redo all this. There's some exchanges that don't allow Augur on there at all. Some U.S. exchanges that don't allow Augur. Yeah. So uh, so basically yeah. Augur is another prediction market. Prediction right? market, which is sort of like gambling. Yeah, isn't it like you it's, you it's put a, down some money. F- and you're predicting like a future event to yeah, occur or something that's right. like that? That's right. It could be anything from yeah. weather to like anything. How did that come to be? Like just because it's decentralized that they think that they can just It's just something that people will latch onto. Yeah. It's just another yeah. way to speculate. Yeah. Yeah, why not? It's sort of like peer to peer file sharing where it was created just because they could and they found a decentralized way to do it and there's no way to stop it and they did it. So But one thing that was flying under the radar in their comments is Bitcoin cannot be regulated. There's nothing you can do. But the on-ramps to Bitcoin, the wallet apps, the exchanges, all of those can be regulated. Yeah. And so there is sort of a semblance of control from that perspective, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. It's a good thing from the government's perspective because they're going to allow the United States to participate using Bitcoin, right? As long as those companies um, are following regulatory, you know, guidelines that they set up yeah that's what exactly what they're gonna do yeah and and coinbase coinbase is already doing it. it's just a model of what yeah. the future is gonna look like yeah that's why binance had to do what they're doing you know if they want to maintain their united states yeah. customer base they're gonna have to abide by these same regulations yeah that's right doesn't matter where the fuck they are right yeah so, and, and so just to uh kind of sum up binance they're closing their well i guess access to u.s residents yeah you can't trade and buy like right. i think at the end of september or something like that at some point in september if you're not united states citizen binance knows that because of their kyc right yeah in order to get access so you won't be able to trade i guess yeah you could still withdraw like your current funds that yeah are, you'll, like, you'll still have like an account but you yeah. can't trade yeah they just bar you from trading essentially yeah but then they're coming out with a u.s version of binance you know which i i hope they're coming out with it soon because you don't i mean binance has a good track record and they have a good number of coins but i think the u.s version of binance won't have like auger and no, won't have specific exactly. cryptocurrencies yeah, there's probably going to be like way more scrutiny involved, like just like Coinbase, I'm sure. Yeah. That's why there's so much hype. Like if a Coinbase, well, not so much these days, but back in the day when a coin gets on the Coinbase. Oh, yeah. It tries was... to go through the roof, right? Because they know like they're not going to put a shit coin on Coinbase. Yeah. Hey, do you remember the names of those apps that uh, gamble with uh, fantasy leagues? You mean like football and stuff Yeah, like football that? fantasy league. Yeah, like DraftKings. Yeah, that, and, there you uh, go. Some See, other ones. Those just recently passed regulation, and you can gamble on games using those apps. Mm-hmm. So, in my opinion, it's just a matter of time that you'll be able to buy a gambling coin on one of the U.S. exchanges. They just have to kind of be regulated. A gambling coin? You're talking about Yeah, Augur. like Augur, yeah. Well, I'm thinking, when I think crypto gambling, I'm thinking like these little mini games that people, these developers well, that are creating. Too. Well, that too. This is, that's a little different because those are basically dApps, right? Well, 
Yeah, that's correct. They are DAPs. That's uh, correct. They haven't, like I said, this that's a discussion the like, government hasn't even touched on yet. It's it's a DAP, but it's also a coin itself, like ETH Cash. ETH Crash? ETH Crash. ETH Crash. It, the, so I think you're betting Ethereum there, right? Yeah, we should pull up ETH Crash on the screen so we can, like, yeah. a lot of people might not have ever actually seen what ETH Crash is, but this, essentially, this is what, when I think crypto gambling, I think of stuff like this. This, this can't get regulated, in my opinion. I, at least I can't think of something. Because there's no office you can go raid, right? Uh, yeah. Not that I know of. Well, there has to be an office in here because this is, it has to be running on a server, dude. Yeah. It has to. So explain what's going on here. Okay, so the, the the idea behind this game is you you put down a certain you don't put ether you kind of like convert your ether for whatever this game's currency is and you wage a certain amount at the beginning of every one of these little cycles. You see how it's at five x right now. So say you put a hundred dollars worth of whatever Ethereum. this currency. Let's say, yeah, worth of Ethereum. Well, it's I think it's. It is using... Um, See, this one's fucking crazy. We're already at 12x. Yeah. But the idea is if you put $100 down and you're still, you haven't cashed out or you removed yourself from this, this particular game, that 100 now it's at 22x, so you have $2,200 right now. So if you cashed out right now, it's at 30x, then you have $3,000. It's a pretty simple concept, right? Yeah, but it's it should crash soon, which <laughs> we happen to catch like one of the biggest ones. Normally, they don't we go did. this high. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. What's your prediction, man? How high? It's going to stop at 75. See, there's... Okay, oh, 70, damn, called you it. You fucking called it. I, I called it. I think that was pure luck, though. <laughs> <laughs> no and still, somebody lost. Did yeah, you see but, that? Yeah, you see all the people on the right. Those are the people actually playing this game. See, they're setting their bets. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the people on green, they cashed out. So this guy cashed out 185. Exactly, yeah. So the guys in 2X. yellow, they're still holding on. Yeah. See, that guy just put 10,000 and he just made a 2X. That's a pretty good return. Yeah. You know? So this is essentially is gambling because it's 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 random, it's unpredictable. You know, you're putting money down, you're gambling. Yeah. Which I just don't see any harm in this at all. But for some reason in our country, gambling well, is very uh, the, the problem. So so there isn't a problem with gambling per se. The the problem that the United States sees is that people the 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 sheeple don't know enough about the risks. Yeah. To to gambling, you know, in oh, come situations on. like this. You think you think that's why they regulate? I mean, that's the whole purpose of regulating, right? I, I think, uh, well, that's what they say. That's what yeah. they say. Now, whether they do or not- it to protect us from ourselves. That's what they say, yeah. Yeah, which is fucking I don't know that, in my opinion. But it, they have merit, though, because people really don't know what they're doing. In my opinion, is it's probably more has to do with, like, the Las Vegas cartel, like, lobbying. Like, well, that's true. That's yeah. probably true. That's what I think, why gambling's illegal everywhere else except for fucking Vegas. You know, Vegas is literally was, like, mob run in the 50s and 60s yeah. and stuff. Yeah. You know, so they probably have a lot of influence and power yeah and you can see kind of the the track record here mm -hmm. uh, up until we logged in i mean we had 75x and everything below like nothing so comparative yeah i mean this is just one version there's gonna be so many like we talk about decentraland all the time in this podcast there's a fucking district called vegas city yeah can you imagine how many types of games these developers are going to come up with you know where you place your mana you're gonna i don't know some type of slot machine game anything anything yeah. you can think of anything you can create yeah you know, and, uh, and because everything's virtual i mean you can pretty much come up with anything yeah, right yeah you're not limited to like the laws of physics <laughs> exactly yeah i had an idea to, to create like the, the block runner version of this concept you know uh like, people are jumping up and down, like your character. Yeah. Well, I guess people listening have no idea what I'm talking about. Well, we, we, well we can show them. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. 
So, okay, yeah, look at this. The, the, the concept of monetization behind this, I wanted to apply like in, in, a, in a game where you can actually play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. This, you're just looking at a fucking curve go yeah, up. Yeah, just a number. Yeah, like it's, 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 it's the rush and adrenaline's still it's, there because yeah. money is being, you know, wagered. But you're not doing anything. You're just waiting for, you know, to push a button. Yeah, and you can see on the right here, this guy, he bet 75 and he's just waiting. Yeah. Oh, something. And they crash at really twenty five. for some reason. Yeah. But yeah, they get the idea behind the game. So yeah, if you want, we could just show them. <laughs> well, yeah, but let's let's continue for okay. for this because there's there's some gems in here. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, I, I guess my point was that they can regulate the entry points to blockchain, yeah. but they can't regulate blockchain itself. Which it gives them a, a better idea and better perspective as to how they're gonna align these regulatory guidelines for for the companies. I just don't think like the government has really latched on to the core principle of like what this whole blockchain movement is about. The right. whole decentralizing aspect of it. I don't think they're there yet because Facebook's not about that. Yeah, either. they're not. They're not. You know, and Bitcoin pretty much is. Uh, I don't know if any of these guys said anything. I'm assuming there's got to be some like real like bears in the Congress who are like really against Bitcoin, right? Because they recognize that this is going to damage the dollar. Well, I think from what I picked up from listening to the hearing was they're more afraid of Facebook than they are yeah. blockchain. It's true because Facebook has the numbers. They have, they, yeah, they, they have they, the power. I don't even know if they're really afraid or they're just, they know they have to do something about it because it's. Well, they're afraid because you could argue that Libra is competing with the dollar. But not necessarily because, you know, it's pegged to a basket of currencies, which includes the dollar, right? So yeah, but I if they hold all the dollars, then, and they're the ones distributing the, the monetary, like, transactional coin. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're controlling everything. I guess. And I think, yeah, the big concern also is um, data security, I guess. Yeah. They have all these people's information, and, and now they're going to have their... Now, ultimately, like, I'd be interested to see how they're going to the design from a architectural standpoint the Libra wallet, because if they're going to be holding everybody's private keys, Calibra mm -hmm. only needs to get hacked, and they pretty much lose everybody's money. Exactly, right? That's a fucking disaster if that happens. I mean, yeah, talk about... I mean, that's like, like apocalyptic it, disaster. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. They hacked even once, right? Like, they lose all credibility. Yeah. Wouldn't you think? I mean, well, Facebook, not. Facebook could decide to, you know, give everybody's money back, but... And then, of course, they're going to have insurance, but, yeah. I mean, a major hack... Things get hacked all the time, right? And yeah. Like everybody's credit got stolen recently, didn't it? Like, yeah. Or credit information. Equifax. Yeah. Yeah. People still use them. Yeah, they do. They they didn't go under. Yeah. You would think they would, but they, they just, <laughs> yeah. I guess, too big to fail. Let's listen to this guy. The reality is whether Facebook is involved or not, change is here. Digital currencies exist. So this is one of the Blockchain guys that understand technology it. Technology is real, and Facebook's entry in this new world. Is just confirmation, True. albeit at scale. The world that Satoshi Nakamoto, author of the Bitcoin white paper, oh, dude, and, Satoshi. and others are building, <laughs> is an unstoppable force. We should not attempt to deter this innovation, and governments cannot stop this innovation. And those that have tried have already failed. So the question then becomes, what are American policymakers going to do to meet the challenges and the opportunities of this new world's of innovation the reality is whether facebook so so this guy is basically he's he's talking about satoshi's paper to basically all the congressmen and well i mean marcus obviously knows about this but um and he's just saying that he's he's he has to encourage 
you know the government to figure out a way to embrace this technology care to to yeah and because like i like we said last time like bitcoin's been around but it's never garnered this type of attention from government yeah and from regulators and it's because of facebook and their potential yeah. takeover yeah that has gotten their attention i mean you had the treasury secretary talk about bitcoin and libra mm-hmm. you had the president and now you have congress and senate all talking about libra and bitcoin all within the same week yeah which Obviously, has never happened before. No, and Libra just literally put out their white paper like two or three weeks two, ago. Two weeks, yeah, that's you know? right. So they're they're in a hurry. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to be. Yeah, because and I don't think anything Bitcoin, regardless of whatever price Bitcoin hit, would never like put this type of pressure on the government to regulate it. I feel like I don't know. Yeah, they. I mean, it hit twenty k. There's a mania, and nothing. Not, nobody there was said no anything. Senate hearing, nothing like that. That's right. I think the at, at most like the CFTC chairman, the SEC. Yeah, they're just, you know, they're they, all they said was just be careful with, you know, your investments. Yeah, yeah and that's like their job, right? Their yeah. job, they, they are supposed to protect, you know, people from, I guess, like investment okay. markets that pe- they, I don't know. Yeah, that could lose their entire yeah. you know, life savings. That's why there's so many barriers, right? Yeah. You got to be a credit investor for such things and, you know, in order to be like qualified as a day trader, you need like a certain amount of capital, stuff like that. They have all kinds of regulations involved yeah to to the small man it seems like bullshit right because like it's it's kind of like set up for you know only the rich can participate and play and you know profit off of these existing markets that's why cryptocurrency was such a, a hit right among retail investors because right. finally like people who only have maybe like a couple hundred dollars to play around with they can actually do it yeah, yeah. and and you probably heard about ocasio cortez yeah she oh, was yeah. there aoc yep um, oh, so I, yeah, that's I what she says. we're here today because facebook which is a publishing platform, an advertising network, a personal telecommunications network, a surveillance corporation, a content distributor, now also wants to establish a currency um, and act through its wallet as at minimum a payment processor. Um, Why should these activities be consolidated under one corporation? Congresswoman, uh, the the one thing that we are focused on really is solving problems for the very people who are left behind right now. And we believe it's important because we have the ability to invest and we have the products to deliver those services that will solve problems the same way we've reduced costs for people to communicate on our messaging apps. I see. Yeah, so his big thing, he's he's latching on to the whole bank the unbanked thing. That's right. You know, she's asking should if if Facebook is all these things, should it also be everybody's money? Which I guess what he could have said is it's it's really not just Facebook, right? It's, that's the whole purpose behind. Well, yeah, that's right. Distributing it equally among well you know, hundred different nodes, right? Yeah, <laughs> but, but at the same time, they're all going to the purpose is. So like you're adding on a new layer to the Facebook platform. Yeah, and, you know and I mean? that's exactly exactly right because yeah. you know if in a capitalistic society like the one we're in, mm-hmm. w- what else do you expect companies to do? <laughs> like besides try <laughs> to make the more thing money. About big tech man, dude, they're trying to conquer everything. Like Amazon's the perfect example well, yeah. of that. I mean, but that that's that's what you would expect yeah. out of this society. Yeah, they're not going to just be like, you know what, we're, we're making ten billion dollars a year. You know what, this is perfect. Yeah, we're good. Stop. No, they have so much money, like they just want to keep R and D going, you know. Yeah. And new the last shit, company, shit. the last company that said that we're good was Blockbuster. <laughs> it's true. And so it it's doesn't true. make any sense to not continue innovating. So, yeah. so that's why I think a lot of these questions are very pretentious. They were, 
they were asking these questions just to be, you know, sort of like assholes because there there isn't a response to this besides like, well, we're in a capitalistic society and that's what we're supposed to do is mm-hmm. continue innovating. Yeah. So she had another another good point here. I think I think it's somewhere over here. Maybe not. So I think there's some deeper questions here about a regulatory regime and why are we falling behind against uh, other regimes when it comes to digital assets and digital currency. You just said you think we're falling behind. Why? What makes you think that? Well, we we don't have a regulatory regime that is permissive for digital currency. So what we're seeing is the development and the and the dollars raised. Uh, or outside the four, four walls of the United States and outside of uh, American domiciled individuals. Um, that's what we're seeing with cryptocurrency. Um, and so it looks like Libra is falling on, on really falling in their wake uh, and thereby pumping up a broader set of assets based off right. of uh, Facebook's Mr. Congressman, here to me is one of the great conundrums of this whole situation. Um, from a business perspective, uh, you would want the United States to be the leader in crypto. Well, you'd want them to be the leader in everything, possibly. But for, you'd, you'd think, okay, from intellectual property, everything else, you'd want to be the leaders in crypto. However, crypto, by its very nature, especially when it comes to Bitcoin and, and so many of these other currencies, are not government fiat money, right? And in fact, the advantage of them, the, the great is, is that they're not uh, fiat money, right? I mean, that's that's the issue. So. Either we want to advocate for the monopoly power of fiat currency in the United States and all the powers that come with that that the, that, that, that the government and the Federal Reserve and everybody else has, or you want to advocate for crypto. It's hard to be in the middle. Uh, well, here's the reality. Even the Chinese can't wall off cryptocurrency. Every regime that has tried to prohibit that, that action and activity within their country has failed. So it is a it is a reality of the situation, just like cross-border trade is a reality. What I want to understand is the nature of the technology, the the benefits, the costs to it. So I think So basically I, I mean the other guy brings up a good point. Like how how does the United States support Bitcoin and try to stay in the race compared to all the other countries? When Bitcoin is theoretically competing with fiat currency itself. Oh, not theoretically. <laughs> that's what exactly what it's supposed to do, right? Right. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I say. But here's here's the thing. It's like it's 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 becoming clear to Congress and all all these senators in the government that you can't stop Bitcoin. So what what can, what can you do? And if you support Bitcoin, like you say, you start doing the regulatory guidelines that all the companies are asking for, and make it clear for companies to start businesses around cryptocurrency, the businesses themselves will be the funding, will be the the income that the government will have from cryptocurrencies, not the actual coin itself. Because if Bitcoin is as unstoppable as they're, you know, discovering, then what can they do besides just embrace Bitcoin? I mean, in my opinion, I don't see there's another option. But by embracing it, you have to recognize if, if if our future monetary system well, is based true. on this it's sort of de- self-defeating yeah you know. but so how do you position yourself as the number one nation that's economically right. you know yeah. if all of a sudden you know because our, our big strength is our currency of the dollar yeah everybody knows that yeah you know the whole world is pretty much pegged to it in a way yeah but also we also have to recognize that even though the the u.s dollar is a world reserve currency uh-huh. it is still subject to the same rules uh, as to fiat, meaning the currency in Venezuela has 
collapsed. Yeah. We had Greece co- collapse as well. <clears throat> and and it was from rampant inflation. And and if you go look at the charts for the US dollar, the value of the US dollar has gone down roughly 90% since 1922. And so it's eventually it's going to defeat itself. Well, I mean, we're already talking about kicking up the 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 ceiling for yeah, the debt. For the debt. Uh-huh. And I mean, all you're doing is devaluing the dollar every time you kick the ceiling up. Yeah, I almost feel like there's there's not going to be some type of big embrace from the government. It's just going to be unexpected, just run over type shit. Because again, it's not a. So you're talking I, about a collapse of the like, dollar. Well, other countries will adopt Bitcoin before the United States does. Well, I, because yeah. they have an incentive to, right? Yeah. Because it will, in a, in a sense, strengthen them by giving them more like economic independence. It's like saying like a country has a mass amount of oil, right? Like Saudi Arabia or something like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the United States puts so much effort to try and lessen our dependence on that type of foreign oil. That's why yeah. we do so much fracking and stuff here at home. Yeah. The detriment <laughs> of our own environment and shit. Fuck it, right? As yeah. long as we have all the oil, you know, mass producing, overproducing oil. Yeah. Now the Middle East isn't so much of a problem. So if you're... From a perspective of another country, it's like, fuck, man, we're all dependent on the United States fiat currency, right? Like, so yeah. what, why don't we just detach ourselves from that and latch ourselves into something, something cryptocurrency? Yeah, something a little bit more stable from, from a power standpoint. Yeah, from a power standpoint. Like, it's not necessarily a stable currency, but... Eventually it, it will be. Eventually it will be. But I think those, those type of movements will obviously come along slowly as the price increases. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> and I think the United States at some point is just going to be like, holy shit, you know. See, there's nothing we can do about this. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like if there's nothing they can do about it, then embracing the regulatory fra- framework for companies to when they launch, when the startup companies, they're not launching in Switzerland and they're not launching in the UK. They're doing it in the United States just because the United States embraces, you know, the cryptocurrency wave. You're talking about like ICOs and stuff, though. Well, that's different. No, and I'm not, not just ICOs. Just like if if you wanted to do a startup company in the crypto space. Okay. And you headquartered in the United States. You don't have regulatory guidelines clear enough for you to have a, a a reasonably stable business. And so that's the issue with the United States. And that's why a lot of companies are more successful outside of the United States because of p- perhaps less regulation, yeah. but also clear regulation as yeah. well. Yeah. But I still don't see how that has an influence on Bitcoin. I think that that's an... More so just well, blockchain in general. Well, think about it. If the United States becomes the cryptocurrency hub where companies go to start, okay, then the United States remains a power in, yeah. in the cryptocurrency space, even though they lost the power in the dollar, which we all pretty much agree that it's going to happen just because of, of its nature. Fiat's nature is to self-defeat itself. Mm. So so that's that's how I see it. And that's that's why I think... I mean, these guys are not dumb. I mean, eventually, it's going to take some time for them to understand, just like we did. But uh, they'll see that the only option they have is to just embrace it and just, you know, call And then it. what? Like, and don't dump their bags and then just <laughs> buy all the Bitcoin they can or what? I, like, I, how, how do you embrace it from from the perspective of, yeah, the U.S. government? That's what they have to figure out, right? Well, what they have to do is encourage companies to start in the United States. Startups. But, uh, yeah, but again, that, that's nothing to do with Bitcoin. That's just because you know, every startup in crypto, they're just doing their own thing. You know what I mean? They're creating their own blockchain product. Yeah, but but we just agreed that the the on ramps to access the Bitcoin blockchain is through regulated services. Okay, like Coinbase. Like Coinbase, much. yeah. Like if the government just decided, you know what, we don't like this Bitcoin thing, so no longer can Coinbase operate in right. the United States. Right. That's what they would do in, in a scenario where they they realize Bitcoin is a threat. Yeah. 
to our economy. Yeah, and then what happens to the other countries? Yeah, the, they're fine. You know, the price yeah. will probably take a huge dip, but yeah. it will recover eventually. The other countries are just they'll just use they're it. They're swimming in it. Yeah, you know, they're swimming in bitcoins that are super valuable, and we're sitting here in our old money. Yeah, you know I mean that's that's <laughs> essentially what it happened. What's going to happen? Right. You know, and, I, and those and those of us who know about Bitcoin and and what it means in comparison to fiat. I mean, we're still going to hold Bitcoin whether it's illegal or not. It's true. Like, I mean, you can still buy it. Just, yeah, that's the whole beauty of it, right? Yeah, just hop on a VPN network and go to Binance, and there you go. Yeah. And check this one out. Mr. Marcus, I'm going to move kind of fast here today, so I apologize in advance if I if I interrupt you. We only have five minutes. I want to uh, first agree with a lot of the comments that Senator. So this is one of the the more pretentious questions. But I want to explore today the underpinnings. This guy related to JFK. Uh, can we John agree Kennedy? that a banker should she be trustworthy? It's possible. It's going to assume uh, yes, Senator. Can we agree yeah. that a banker should be honest? Yes, uh, Senator. Can we agree that a banker should respect uh, a customer's privacy? Uh, Senator, uh, yes, of course, but we are not going to engage in banking. Can service. we agree That's that, uh, See? that Facebook mad. knew in the spring of 2016 that uh, Russia was attempting through Facebook to uh, disrupt the U.S. presidential election. So now he's talking about uh, Senator, Facebook uh, itself and not cryptocurrencies. Events, uh, we definitely moved too slow, and uh, we've it, learned... Isn't it true that your <laughs> damn Straight cut him security off. officer knew in the spring of 2016, isn't it true that uh, Mr. Zuckerberg and your CFO, Ms. Sandberg, I believe, knew in, in December of 2016. Isn't it also true that you didn't tell your board of directors, they didn't tell the board of directors until 2017, until September 2017? Isn't that accurate? He cuts him off uh, as Senator, soon as he starts talking. Uh, no, we did We definitely <laughs> moved too slow to recognize uh, the activities that were happening on the platform. Well, uh, but since excuse me for interrupting, but I only got five minutes. Um, in September 2007, See, they're not looking for answers. When senior management told your board of directors, you also issued Facebook also issued a statement. It said, uh, "Yeah, the Russians have tried to disrupt the election through Facebook, but they only spent a hundred thousand dollars and they only ran three thousand ads." That was a lie, wasn't it? I'm, I'm sorry, Senator. That was a lie, wasn't it? Um, I don't believe it was, but um. well, well, later Facebook admitted that actually the Russian ad had reached 126 million people, didn't they? Well, Senator, I believe that uh, the, the people uh, who answered that question at the time answered to the best of their knowledge at the time. Right. When, when Mr. Zuckerberg was conducting his listening tour... It's a felony. Um, to, ...across the whole country, first half, I think, of 2017... So, well, <clears throat> well, I guess it's not a court case. Yeah, it's so. not, when it's he, not when he was feeding cows in Wisconsin and having dinner with all refugees time. Yeah. in Minneapolis, he, he knew about the Russian involvement, didn't he? Uh, I don't know, Senator. Okay. He didn't say anything, did he? I, I don't remember the timeline, Senator. Okay. Is he driving um, In, in the spring like a, of 2017, yeah. spring and summer, our intelligence committee in the U.S. Senate started investigating the Russian attempts to disrupt the election through Facebook. Facebook issued a statement saying there were no such attempts. That was a lie, wasn't it? Senator, I can't, I don't remember the timeline, and I believe that people have always answered truthfully with the information they had at the time. Okay, in June of 2018, let me fast forward a little bit. 
Uh, we found out um, that Facebook was sharing user data with device makers, a whole bunch of them, 40 of them, Amazon, Microsoft, Samsung. Facebook didn't disclose that to the users, did it? Uh, Senator, my understanding, and again, it was not my responsibility or my team, is that uh, this was designed to enable those uh, phone manufacturers to build uh, integration within the Facebook product to uh, serve those consumers using these devices. Okay. Your algorithms are such that if I watch a video on a topic, I'm immediately shown See, uh, I mean, videos. He's just on, not, he's not on talking about extreme versions of that topic. It's yeah, like, I think he's stuck on the idea of. Facebook uh, this is, is not uh, the way that... Uh, yeah, and like they wanted another round with Zuckerberg. Exactly. But it did for a long time, It's right? like they're not responsible uh, Senator, enough for uh, this type of power. Uh, yeah, uh, you know really what I mean? I think that's through. what he's driving. Well, can we, agree, can we agree on this, that Facebook has now become the major news source for many, many people, probably the major news source? <laughs> Probably Twitter. Is that true? It's pretty sad. I don't believe it is. It's Senator, I believe that uh, more and more people are interacting with other well, people. Well, sixty percent of your users say they get their news off Facebook as their primary source. Um, isn't it true? I really want your opinion that that Facebook has chosen to advance a set of values in which uh, truthful truthful reporting has been display has been displaced by uh, flagrant displays of bullshit. Ooh, edgy. Uh, I don't know how to answer that. Yeah, yeah. Well, what is he supposed to say to that? Well, here's my last question. And, and Bullshit. I it's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> he cussed. But Facebook now wants to control the money supply. We what, could, what could possibly go wrong? Uh, Senator, we will not control uh, either Libra, the currency, or the association, and we agree that no company should control such a, a network or digital currency. I'd like a second round if we could, Mr. Chairman. If we have time, I will be glad to do that for senators who so wish. It's five minutes, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't but, really get anything out of that. Honestly. Well, other than other than it's just a display of <laughs> most most of the senators uh -huh. were asking questions. Uh, that they didn't want answers to, basically. Uh -huh. They they were there just to... Fill their five minutes. Fill their five minutes and be uh, basically berate Facebook. Yeah, I think they're expected like to kind of like Which, know, scrutinize them and shit. Right? I mean, I'm not trying to defend Facebook, but if they're really wanting to learn about what the hell Facebook is trying to do, like ask the questions that you want answers to. You remember that video like when Andreas was in the Canadian parliament or yeah. something like that? Yeah. And like they're asking him like exactly. legit ass motherfucking questions yes. about like blockchain and Bitcoin. Man, and that they was like a, three or four years ago. <laughs> yeah, it was a long time. But they had a genuine curiosity, it yeah. seemed like. like almost everybody. There was like one or two like, you know, super old sticklers in there. Yeah. Like, you know, fuck you. <laughs> we like, we're out Canadian dollars, whatever the fuck they use up there. Yeah. But, and, and that was, I mean, that was like a three and a half hour thing and you watched the whole thing, right? I watched it, yeah, a yeah. long time ago and I was like, damn, this is pretty goddamn impressive. Yeah, the fact that a government's Canada. like proactive about it. Yeah, I mean, that's great. Yeah, see, why wasn't the, uh, Canada was like, like you Curious. said, three or four years ago, they were yeah. talking about it. What the hell's been the holdup, man? Yeah. The United States has too much shit on their hands, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> too much fucking, I don't know, shit to argue over. Yeah. Rabble, rabble, rabble. The reason we designed Libra in such a way that Facebook will only be one among a hundred different members of the Libra Association and will have no special privilege uh, means that you will not have to trust Facebook. Well, we except, except but Mr. Marcus, you know better than that. You Oof, know that, that guy smokes too much. Only Facebook <laughs> God has damn. access to two billion people, and all, all to to say that 
that you are just one of many is simply, is simply not true. After people's data and private messages have been stolen and sold, after you've let Russian bots try to throw the 2016 election with no contrition, I might add. After That's another thing. These are mostly Democrats. In foreign like countries, the whole Russian narrative, right? Trust you. Mm. With their bank accounts in our economy. What do the Republicans say about it? I mean, they helped them win, but related question. Yeah, well, what, what, what if what if the what if the Russians helped the Democrats win? What would they say? Democrats would be silent, and then the Republicans would be bringing this shit up, like, "Oh my God, you guys are crooked, working with the enemy type shit." Pretty good compensation and Facebook stock too. Will you pledge? They tried to impeach Trump with all this stuff, man. The whole Russian collusion. Working on this project. Will accept a hundred percent of your salary Objectism. and other compensation in this Facebook currency. Senator uh, Libra is not designed to compete with bank accounts or that, that, to that's compete not with those things. The question is: Will you accept your your all of your compensation in this new currency that you want us to trust you so much? Uh, Senator uh, Libra is not meant to compete with bank accounts. We will, for instance, not uh, pay uh, interest. Uh, it's like cash. Do you trust this enough to make your compensation paid fully in, in your currency? Uh, Senator, I would because it is backed one for one with a reserve. You could have said yes at the beginning of the question then. Okay. I, Senator, okay. with respect, I wanted to clarify that we're not trying to compete with bank deposits. Okay, let, let, let me. Jesus, See, fuck, man. These fucking congressmen are like, just like you've said it perfectly. They're like assholes, man. Yeah. Like the guy was saying yes. He's like, you could have just said yes. Like, that's like something <laughs> a fucking little kid would say. Right. Or something, you know? See, and here's the thing the Libra, like, like Marcus was saying, was, is, I mean, is designed to be spent, right? It's a spending currency. Right, it's not a it's not a currency that you hold because there's no hodling. Yeah, it's stable. Yeah, it's it's stable. And second, you're you're not you know earning any interest from your savings account essentially. And so what he would do is he he would earn his you know two hundred fifty k three four five hundred thousand dollars salary in Libra, and then immediately convert that Libra coin into fiat currency because it serves no purpose unless he's going to spend it. Yeah. But then again, he has to pay network fees. Sure. Yeah. So, so, so that's it, the thing. If I send be. you one Libra, you receive one Libra. But yeah. if you you convert that one Libra to one dollar, you probably receive like ninety four cents, something like that. So yeah. you might as well spend that one Libra if it's that's right. If it's essentially it's, like owning a dollar. Yeah, that's right. So, let let somebody else take the the pay cut. Yeah. Whatever company you're you're con- transacting with. Exactly. They're gonna hoard up all these Libras and and then convert it. And then they they don't want to convert it into fiat because they they take a haircut on the. Uh, on on the exchange and so they hope that whoever they need to pay for their services for the, the business services except libra and then all of a sudden people are just transacting in libra and therefore the fiat currency is useless yeah but yeah it's useless but and then you got to pay taxes in libra it's like dude so yeah yeah the government's not going to go for libra dude <laughs> you don't think so no way yeah i don't think so either it's just it's just too much fucking power man for yeah it's not facebook but it's a decentralized power i guess Cause it's, but here's the thing. I mean, uh, I don't know. I think I've mentioned it in a previous podcast. I'm not sure. But if you have, if you hold a reserve of fiat currency, that reserve is always going down in value. But in exchange for that reserve, you've outputted a cryptocurrency, a token, a stable token, uh-huh. and that token theoretically doesn't devalue because it's one for one. Yeah. So I, I guess where I'm getting at is the reserve is continuously devaluing because it's fiat currency. And then the token is one for one, so your Libra is also devaluing. 
So I guess the only value is that I can send you a Libra across the planet and it's not going to cost us anything. Yeah, essentially, again, I don't think we need this, honestly. Yeah. I think they're, they're, they're right. This is mostly something like, no. This is this is something that Facebook can take advantage of cryptocurrencies because they have access to 2.2 billion people. Yeah, and a and lot of them don't the have access to the banking infrastructure we have. So, yeah. of course, it's going to help them out. You know, it's going to simplify things and it's going to on-ramp them into e-commerce. And yeah, that was sure. another thing that one of the senators or congressmen brought up is if a person that doesn't have a bank account who also has a cell phone how are they going to convert their physical cash into a Libra token? And so Marcus's response is those individuals are going to go to a, like a cash exchange place that will integrate with the Libra network that will take cash and then return Libra to you. And so, yeah, in my eyes, it does make it easier for the unbanked to become sort of banked. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's another thing that a lot of these congressmen but don't then, understand. But then the Facebook representative guy or the Calibra representative, he said... Uh you know, we're not offering banking services. Oh, no, it's not a day. bank. It, it's just if you put in $100, you get 100 Libra, but that yeah. 100 Libra doesn't do anything. It's not, they're not going to use it as a loan. You don't get interest. I mean, it's just sits there. It's just a way of exchange. Yeah. It's just a, yeah, it's like sending, it's like, it's just Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> essentially. It's what Bitcoin will look like, like when it's widely adopted, essentially. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of like Facebook just like skipped all that bullshit that whole adopt because they, they've spent yeah, 15 they years adopting. Exactly. They've yeah. already done all the hard work with yeah. their Facebook sure. platform. You know, so they already did the hard work. Now they just throw out a currency into the world. All of a sudden, everyone's going to start using it, you know? Yeah. And there's some there's some regulatory like alphabet soup that I wasn't aware of until I was listening to the, the hearing. Where if you have a basket of currencies mm -hmm. that that you're in exchanging, like in, in this case, a cryptocurrency for that basket of currency, you're exposing those who hold Libra to foreign currency risk. Meaning if, if you're holding um, Venezuelan boulevards, I mean, that has a, a rampant inflation. And so your basket is quickly devaluing. And so that foreign currency risk, we're not exposed to because we don't deal with that stuff. So you, by owning a Libra, you're you're, you're saying you're, you're already exposing yourself to. But isn't it like the Calibra Foundation? Is their job to kind of like adjust the basket and accordingly? Well, that's the thing is that you they don't have control of the current of the fiat currency. So if there's a, a particular fiat currency that has rampant inflation, the Libra Association can't do anything about it. No, not that. But I think like so that would devalue that currency, and I think they have to like introduce maybe like another currency or increase the stack of another currency in order yeah, to but, offset that loss or something. But somebody would have to somebody would have to put in that currency, that uh, fiat currency, into the basket. Yeah, I don't. If I don't nobody's doing yeah. that, then you're. Well, who? Yeah. So how does the Libra stay stable then? Who's who's that's doing the that? thing? That's the thing. Some maybe the organization only, has to do it, right. Well, maybe they're only accepting stableish coins or fiat. Coins. Well, uh, sorry, stableish fiat currency. I don't know. I don't know exactly. Yeah, you would think, right? Yeah, because you're they're not, not gonna fucking put the fucking boulevard. Yeah, in there, you're dude. not gonna put it in there because it's. But, but it's you're just, right. At any point, and any of these stable currencies could go down the shitter. Yeah, at any you know? point, you, the euro. I mean, any one of these. So, <sighs> so that that's. But there has to be some way that you know, because there's a reason why there's a hundred of these companies are working together. There has to be some kind of governance model. Is what I'm saying. See, man, man, if I was Zuckerberg, I would have, I wouldn't have done Libra. I would have. Just adopted a cryptocurrency wallet for every single messenger WeChat that just does straight cryptocurrency transactions, and then that's that. And then you, and then 
Facebook gets a cut of all the transactions. That's too small for them. Dude. <laughs> but they That's look at small. look at the shit that they have to deal with. I know. If they just did that, there's nothing the government could do about it. It's it's a, you know, that there's nothing they can do about it. I mean, the only thing they can do like we said earlier is essentially just regulate the on-ramps, which would be Facebook, mm-hmm. which is already heavily regulated now, and so they just have to adjust for money services business and that's that. So you ultimately think like there's no way Libra is going to get through this gauntlet of regulation. I don't you know, I don't know, don't man. It. See it. I, I, my bet is it will come out, but it's going to be such a watered down like thing that it's it's not going to resemble the white paper. Uh, like what what point what parts of it do you think is just like deal breakers? Um, yeah. uh, well, that's that's a good question. I think I think as a currency, as a as a spending currency, like one of the questions that I don't even know if I have on on this list here, but one of the questions is, hey Marcus, how much money on average do you think your users are going to put into Libra? And of and of course, they know that answer. I know Marcus knows that because when you when you start a business kind of like Libra or any other business, you kind of do projections as to what you expect uh, your revenue is going to be, how many users you're going to have. You're going to have all these numbers. And so his answer is, well, I don't know that information, right? And so he says, you know, of course, the senator guy was like, you have to know this information because how do you get Visa and MasterCard and and Uber and all these guys to sign up when you can't, you don't even know what your projected value is, right? So the point being is that if... 10% 10% of Facebook users end up using Libra. That's 100 million people, mm-hmm. right? Don't 200, 200 million. 200 million people. Yeah. So, and if 200 million people put in $10, that's $2 billion, right? And so, or they put in $100, that's $200 billion. And so that's a lot of fiat currency that gets locked up. And the only way to use that fiat currency is through Libra. And so that's what the government is afraid of is that all that fiat currency that they're holding now is is being ransomed by Libra. And so if if countries and and merchants don't accept Libra, you know, then these people aren't are going to have their currency locked up. And so what's how how are they going to allow that? I'm not sure. Maybe they limit to like ten dollars maximum. That's that's so whack. Yeah, (laughs) no way that's going to be. I don't know, man. It's got to be something where. They can't give Facebook too much room because once once it has escape velocity, then you know essentially the government loses control. Yeah. So you don't think by because what's happening today essentially is the banks are the ones that are locking up this fiat currency, mm-hmm. right? Which they're using fractional reserve banking to make money off of your money. Yeah, the banks, the banking network. <clears throat> So this Libra basket, whatever the fuck, they're locking up this fiat, whatever, let's say $200 billion. You don't think by them, because essentially they're going to take away $200 billion from the banking industry. Mm -hmm. It's not like they're going to print out $200 extra billion. That's right, yeah. It's coming from the same circulation, Yeah, essentially. So the banks have less handle on a pretty significant chunk of money. Yeah, that's right. right? You take it out of the banks. You're taking from their hand and putting it into... Techs, which tech which hands. which if you take money out of but, the bank, but from the government's perspective, I don't necessarily know if that's such a bad thing. I don't well, know yet. It, it is because part of part of the money supply comes from banks. So remember, in fiat currency and fractional reserve banking, the the Federal Reserve loans out money to the United States. Okay. Then the United States deposits that money into banks who use fractional reserve banking, which ninety. I think uh, I think it was ninety percent is or 10% is held in actual reserves and 90% is used as loans. Yeah. But the the 
the defeating part about fiat currency is even though that they're only holding 10%, they're they're not even they're not even when they do a 90% loan like they loan out the 90%, they're not taking that 90% out of their existing reserves. They keep that and they generate a brand new 90% of fiat currency, brand new, never existed before. And so now there's new money into the circulation just by putting money into a bank account. Does that make sense? So, so the very the very act of putting money into a bank account uh-huh. is the same act of generating new money into circulation. <clears throat> but not actual money. It's real fiat currency. It's actual real money. That's what that's why it's called fractional reserve banking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so 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 what I'm trying to get at is if you remove two hundred billion dollars from that system, yeah, then you you don't have more money to generate, more money to create in the in the system. Given where we're $22 trillion in debt, if we're not creating more money and more money, you're not paying off that debt any sooner, and though, and therefore you have a collapse in the U.S. dollar. Mm-hmm. So, so that's why the government, I don't know, I'm sure they recognize it now after these conversations that if you extract money from the money supply, just like Facebook is trying to do, you could, you could increase the rate of a collapse much faster. So I'm going to assume you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know enough about fucking uh, how all that shit works, man. Well, yeah. I mean, the only thing you just uh, look up where money comes from and you'll get this whole spiel of fractional reserve banking and federal yeah, reserve yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. um, just think about like if you understand that system and then you take a huge chunk of it, just remove it from the system, from circulation, like the implications of that means there's no new money in circulation. Therefore, there's no new ways people can make more money mm-hmm. and therefore less money to potentially to be made to pay off a debt. So there can't be a system where like if you, you're not necessarily because the banks could adopt Libra. They could use Libra, couldn't they? If it's still if it's still it has the same exact no. value no, as no, no, the U.S. No. dollar. They can't. Why not? Because the banks rely on fractional reserve banking. That's their revenue source. Yeah. And so Libra is we're not a bank. We hold your money, but we don't do anything with your money. Mm-hmm. We just hold it. We don't make interest from it. It just sits there because they their promise is for one Libra, you have one dollar. Yeah. And so, but at a bank, if you do a bank run, there's not enough money to give everybody their money back in their savings account. Mm-mm. They're just, they're simply is not enough money. That's how it works. Yeah. And so keeping the, keeping the people happy and keeping the economy going is partly how you keep people from wanting to do a bank run because if that happens then you're talking about a real collapse there is if if there is a real bank run that that means the majority of the united states citizens don't trust the government and so if you don't trust the government the first thing you're gonna do is you're gonna take your money out right oh yeah and so if that happens there's not enough money to go around yeah and so so that's that's why the banks can't just issue out libras because they need that's a revenue source Again, I'm going to take your word on it, Will. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, it's... I'm trying to figure out a way how, like, Libra and the banking system can coexist, you know? See, that's... I, I think Marcus is saying that they can. I just don't see it. It's I This is not how it works. Like, so far, I, I don't see a way that Libra and banks can coexist because you're essentially taking market share from banks. Yeah, that's how, that's how I see it. You know, like, yeah, we're... If people are... 
ditching their dollar for digital currency. It's the same thing as people digital ditching their dollars for Bitcoin or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so you're, you know, like me, let's say I have $10,000 and I, but I want to have a thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin. Now I only have $9,000. Correct. So, but, but Bitcoin, the network itself is extracting all that fiat, that thousand dollars of fiat. So Libra is going to do the same thing. See, no, but here's the, here's the difference is that when you extract, if, if, when you use Bitcoin and Bitcoin is extracting that fiat currency, the the place where you deposited that fiat currency has deposited that money, your money, into a different bank account. So that bank account receives that deposit and then creates 90% of that deposit into brand new money into the circulation for a loan. Okay. So the difference between putting money into Bitcoin and putting money into Libra is that when you put money into Libra, you're putting into a bank account that is not participating in the fiat currency self-defeating game. So that bank account that Libra has, that Facebook has, they can't make money from it because that's their promise. That's the point of Libra is that they're not a bank. They don't participate in fractional reserve banking. They're not generating new money out of thin air mm-hmm. because they're not a fractional reserve bank. Mm-hmm. And so putting money into Bitcoin is actually safer for the United States than it is putting into Libra. <laughs> Lost me again, Willis. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just it's just how the banking system works. They yeah. they need deposits. Um, they, that's how they generate new money in a thin air. And when they generate new money, that means more loans. More loans means more revenue. Mm-hmm. And if you put that same money into a bank account that doesn't do, doesn't give out loans, there is no revenue. Yeah. And so you're you're basically Libra is competing with banks. Well, cryptocurrencies in general. But 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 the difference is putting money into Libra is you're putting into a bank that cannot use that money versus versus putting money into a Coinbase buying Bitcoin. Coinbase puts your money into a bank account that is participating into fractional reserve banking. And so there is more circulation. You are you are contributing to Fiat currency, you know, system. <clears throat> but you don't have to buy your Bitcoin through Coinbase. Well, you, you don't, but yeah. you still have to convert fiat currency into um, cryptocurrency. Yeah. So whatever means, whether it's Coinbase or something else, Shapeshift, it doesn't matter what it is. Uh-huh. Those companies are using bank accounts. Mm-hmm. And those banks are participating in fractional reserve banking. That is what a bank is. And so so now you have two types of banks. Those who participate in fractional reserve banking, and then you have Libra's bank that does not. And so when you're extracting $200 billion of cash and you're putting into a bank account that doesn't participate in fractional reserve banking, you're sucking money from... Uh, from the money supply. How how is there nobody talking about this? None of these congressmen. I don't think I don't think because congressmen probably don't know how money works. That's when I would say that I would probably start there. I, good, yeah. And if I was Marcus, I'd be like, do you know how money? It's actually def- this this argument defeats the existence of Libra. This argument I'm making is an argument that the government should be making to completely stop Libra. Well, yeah, if 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 if, if what you're saying is we're going to so the revenue that we're going to be missing out on by depositing our money into Libra. Right. Which not, is not new no, money. The banking revenue. Right. Which creates new money into the circulation. Yeah. Which allows businesses and people and whatever loans and all that stuff. That's borrow. how you keep the the, the economy running. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So all that money now is going into Libra that is basically um, like an isolation, right? They just don't participate in fiat or fractional reserve banking mm-hmm. because they can't. I mean, because they promise you for every dollar you put in, you get an equal amount of Libra and you will always get that that dollar out if you deposit that Libra back. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a major point to address for sure. So I would say it's probably very likely that 
you know, these congressmen don't probably know how money is created and how it works. Because if they did, nobody asked the secretary of treasury this question. No, we'd figure out he would. These know. people don't. They don't know either. So, I mean, if I were there, if I was congressman, that's that would be my question, just to to hear their answer because I, I'm curious. Like, if you're if you're depositing money and it's and it's one for one currency, a stable coin that is not a fractional reserve bank, how can the con- economy continue if you know? 500 million people, 2 billion people are no longer participating in fractional reserve banking. I guess they're assuming like the the actual usage isn't like high enough to have that type of any kind of effect. I don't know. Well, um, you know, it it's, it would depend on who accepts Libra. Was this Facebook's platform alone? Like, well, <clears throat> I guess it could, you know, you can transact with each other, kind of yeah. like Bitcoin, but then <clears throat> I don't know what the value of that would be compared to Bitcoin. So, it's I mean, obviously, we, we need to bring on an economist, but that's what I'm. That's where I would see the argument for the United States to completely stop Libra is you're you're hindering the economy, which people would argue this is a good thing. Like fractional reserve banking is self defeating, so mm-hmm. you know. But let's listen to this guy. And cryptocurrencies and and Bitcoin. I think you were echoing some of the president's comments on. on uh, using the term thin air in terms of not Libra, but on I guess all of them or, or Bitcoin specifically, that the value He's is going to talk about thin air. And I know you were what you keep saying a, a about what most people Goldman say about cryptocurrency. A, a very watch. successful businessman. I'm just wondering whether you've looked at, at the, the blockchain technology, the distributed ledger and decentralization that that is the underpinning of Bitcoin, and which advocates say does imbue this with some inherent value do you yourself believe that this is based on thin air and has no inherent value or were you just more or less uh, on board with what the president was saying so a a couple of things on on this front this is Um, the treasury secretary let me be clear we very much support financial innovation and anything that lowers payment processing costs especially across border is something that's very important. We discussed that a lot at the G7. The president has raised concerns about cryptocurrencies, bitcoins in general. I absolutely share those concerns. At Treasury, we've been doing work at this for over the last year. We've put together a working group. And there was a clear agreement today from all the G7 finance ministers and central bank governors that Libra in particular raises some very significant concerns in cryptocurrencies more broadly. And that before any of us uh, let these these go through. We're- so this wasn't the video that I was I was trying to find. Maybe it was very very strong. Well, we, so we- whether it's a physical money service provider or an electronic, they're going to have the same regulations. We, we'd have a problem if if we decided every time that cash itself or or any other form of of currency, every time it's used for some nefarious activities, if we weren't going to use it anymore. I, I'm not sure that. Maybe it's a little easier at this point in the technology for for certain illicit activities, but that 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 can't be the reason, um, you know, to to say you're not going to use something. We wouldn't even use cash then, because cash is is laundered all the time and used for nefarious. Act- That's all we've ever used for nefarious activities, and we certainly had plenty of them. I don't think that's I don't think that's accurate at all. The cash is laundered all the time. We have the strongest AML system in the world. You know, we just came back from FATF, where on a global basis they've agreed to implement right. money laundering. I think, as you know, we use sanctions tools. So we combat 
bad actors in the U.S. dollar every day to protect right, the U.S. financial agree that system. There's been a and lot what of, we're saying is there's been a lot of nefarious activities historically, and it's oh, never yeah. involved Bitcoin. So obviously, it's been in, it's been uh, you know pretty successfully done with cash. That's all I'm saying. Uh, unless you think there hasn't been. I don't think it's been successfully done with cash. I'll push back on that. Okay. And we're going to make sure that Bitcoin doesn't become the equivalent of Swiss numbered bank accounts, right. which were obviously a, well, a real let, risk let me, to the financial let me drill down system. On you see what, he, what he's saying? Is that he's the Treasury Secretary is claiming that money laundering doesn't really happen with cash, it happens more often with Bitcoin. I don't necessarily know if he's saying that money laundering doesn't occur. I think he's more saying that they're, they're better at um, combating it See, with cash. Maybe they're just, they think they have like a better control with cash. Maybe they had control of, they, they had the best control with cash, but you have a better control with Bitcoin. Like that's, that's the thing is like Bitcoin you can track. I mean, you can see what the transactions are. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you control the on-ramps and the off-ramps, then you know, like, you, you know, you know, you have a better understanding of where the money has come from. But, what he's saying is that most money laundering is is happening with cryptocurrency and not with cash, which is ridiculous. That's, no, I don't think that's what he said, is it? I mean, that's I think so. That's I what he was think, saying. There's no way he's because the cash supply is like ridiculous compared to cryptocurrencies. Well, that's that's what that's what the the anchor man is saying. And we're going to enforce these very very strong. <laughs> well, we, so we, whether it's a physical money service provider or an electronic, they're going to have the same regulations. We we'd have a problem if if we decided every time that cash itself or or any other form of of currency every time it's used for some nefarious activities if we weren't going to use it anymore. I, I'm not sure that uh, maybe it's a little easier at this point in the technology for for certain illicit activities, but that 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 can't be the reason um, you know, to, to say you're not going to use something. We wouldn't even use cash then because cash look at his face laundered all the time. He used for nefarious activities. That's all we've this ever guy. used for nefarious oh, activities. Watch. And we certainly had plenty of them. <laughs> What's going to happen to his face? Like fucking watch. lizard man? I don't think that's I don't think that's accurate at all. The cash is laundered all the time. We have the strongest <laughs> system in the world. You know, Dude, we just cash is laundered all the time. That was the only thing you would use to launder money is cash. Yeah. The, the U.S. dollar to be exact. I mean, so I, I don't know if, do you know how laundering works? Well, just. It's like you basically create a business. Yeah. And you funnel in your, your dark money and make it clean. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just make it look like legitimate income. Yeah. I learned that on Breaking Bad, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how they get away with it. There's just tons of businesses around locally that I look at, like they have no, you know, traffic, but they've been there for like 10 years. I always feel like they're definite, you know. Yeah. Money laundering operations. Yeah. Especially a lot of like Mexican places. Oh, <laughs> dude, there was, I think I saw a YouTube, I think, I don't know if it was Ethan or one of those guys, they played a video and this guy was driving down the street and he drove past like six different like mattress companies. Oh, yeah. And obviously the, <laughs> uh, in the same street, they had six different yeah. mattress companies. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, he drove all, you know, by them all. And so, you know, that would be a good indication of laundering money. I've seen one where it's like, uh, I'm not going to name the name of the family, but it's like a specific, very Hispanic name. Mm -hmm. um, and they had like six different businesses with all like the same block, you know, like two tire shops, mm. like three restaurants and like a meat market. So, you know, that you know, this family or, or what? I mean, I used to buy tires from them. Oh, okay. My cars. But I'm just saying, like, I thought that was just a little too fucking sketch. Yeah. Like if. You're gonna open six businesses under the same, you know, name. Yeah. You would kind of want to disperse them a bit, right? Yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, but 
the mind of a criminal, you would <laughs> think you want to keep everything close together, right? It's easier to monitor. Yeah, for sure. My assumption. Yeah. So I always had my own little fucking thoughts in the back of my head. Like, dude, this is definitely like a f- criminal family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I go to these places, there's not that much traffic, but they've been there. They're, they're thriving, you know, yeah. but they're still up. They're not going out of business anytime soon. Well, I mean, it's a way for the, the drug lords to, you know, be able to use digital <laughs> currency by laundering it. I mean, that's that's the only way to do it. But that's the big thing. Yeah, they latch on to that. They pay taxes, too. When you launder money, you're paying taxes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, man. So you do it as a criminal. You do it so you have actual money to spend. Yeah. Digital you know? currency, in a way. I mean, it's dollars. But yeah. It's digitized, essentially. Because but, you, it's it's hard. I mean, it's hard to pay with everything in cash. I mean, you yeah, can. It's just yeah. a hassle. And it's also like if you're fucking a rich drug guy and you have like a $10 million house and like Ferraris and shit. Yeah. And then you have no income. It's pretty yeah. fucking obvious that you're doing some kind of dark shit. To oh, that's for sure. It. So yeah. You got you to gotta back pa- it up. You got to create a paper trail. Yeah. That's the whole point. That's right. Yeah, because then you they launch an investigation on you and- where did all this money come from, sir? Yeah. It was like, oh, it was inheritance or some <laughs> bullshit. You know, you got to. But you get, you, at that point, you got to provide some documentation for. Exactly. That's the whole purpose of money laundering, yeah. just to make it look like it's legit. But. So, I mean, it's a real case. It's a real thing that, you know, we, we do have to kind of watch out in cryptocurrency spaces. But we don't want to support money laundering, but also. Yeah. But um, I always say, it's like, dude, so what? Yeah. Like you said. Cash, uh, everyone launders their money with cash. So by saying people are using crypto for that purpose doesn't like defeat its its, its value, its, its purpose. Yeah. You know, it's functioning just like cash does. Yeah. It has value, I, I guess, because it's digital, it's easier. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know well, it's, there's privacy coins out there too that yeah. you know, people can move out, move, move their value. See, that's the other thing. Maybe privacy coins won't be regulated or, I mean, they'll be regulated out. But then you can just launch a VPN network, convert your bitcoins to yeah. Monero, and you're done. Yeah. But yeah, man. I mean, that, I don't so. know, man. See, like Libra, I always had these high hopes, like for something like EOS, because Libra, their governance model, their their blockchain uh, consensus mechanism is the same thing as pretty much a delegated proof of stake. Well, I, I think the mechanism is the same, yes. But the way that they got the 21 nodes. Exactly. So, but what I always thought to myself whenever I first heard of EOS conceptualized, I was like, one day in the future, there's, we're not going to have like these small tier projects running these nodes. Like, I always thought maybe it's going to be Amazon Web Service will be oh, one. Oh, for sure. And one in China, like the equivalent. I haven't, I haven't looked into EOS lately, mm-hmm. but my guess is these are like 21 large corporations. Not really. I mean, or, I wouldn't call them large. I mean, the network's not big enough to where like a large corporation would generate enough revenue maintaining the network, right? They yeah. need more transactions. They need more volume for like a big, you know, <laughs> 150x. Dude. Dude. There's people still in there. Dude, get out. Sell. <laughs> Come on. See, there's, there's, those they're guys, not paying attention. I don't know. This is like... They're they not paying they don't attention. They don't give a fuck. It's like they're trying to slowly lose all their money or something. I don't understand. 235x, dude. <laughs> Pretty good. Like that that doesn't happen very often. So No, not at all actually. But we saw like a hundred one and then a two hundred one all in the same stream here. Yeah, but you just look at the records, like mostly one point something X's. Mm-hmm. You know. That's the whole idea of this is to get you hooked, right? You, everyone just saw that two thirty five X like, oh shit. Maybe yeah. I'll get one of these, but in reality, you say you probably lose like yeah, the consecutive like, one after that. Yeah, exactly. Raking your cash. Yeah, and you you'll never get two hundred and thirty five X because you would have exited a long time ago at ten X, twenty X. Yeah. If you're crazy. Oh, right. One hour and a half and it's still recording. Oh, 
for the fucking camera. Okay. So yeah, I mean, uh, so the the uh, you wanted to talk about Neuralink. So uh, shit. Yeah, but okay. Wait, was there another video that you wanted to show? Right? Was it? Oh, Decentraland. Oh, well, oh, let me, yeah, we, we can let show me bring that. up Decentraland. Now that we have like video feeds and shit, we actually. actually show what we're working on. I haven't seen like Oscar's latest updates either. Isn't he like constantly updating it? Um, I don't know about. Yeah, maybe is. Maybe he's like something different. Which one is it? But he wants to participate in the uh, SDK hackathon, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think we should, man. I mean, we got a bunch of ideas. You looking up right now? I'm looking for that link. Oh fuck! There it is. Decentraland game. Is the Unity logo? Good shit. shit. It might be loud. Oh, fuck. Explosions. Where is it, dude? You wipe it? Oh, you know what? Dude, he fucking wiped it. Oh, I think he did. Why, dude? Well, because it wasn't working. Oh, man. That's why. Oh, no. Are you sure? Yeah, man. Yeah, it would have loaded by now, right? Yeah. What the fuck, man? <laughs> well. So what's he just like, uh... Well, I think it's because the Central Land updated an SDK, and that SDK is not supporting something, and so... Oh, okay. Oscar couldn't get it going. Oh, well. Well, pretty soon we'll be able to show the game that we're... And we're developing here. <clears throat> so what were your thoughts on Neuralink? But yeah, we pretty much exhausted Libra, dude. Pretty hard, I think. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I, I wanted to talk about, like, a lot of this stuff because we're, we're getting to see in public what the process people go through to understanding cryptocurrencies. Yeah. And the questions that they're asking are pretty much the same questions that we had. I mean, this was obviously more focused on Libra, but, I mean, they had some pretty good... Bitcoin questions on there and like one one of the one of the centers brought up what the difference is between Bitcoin and Libra and so it was it was helpful yeah and then like one of the first um videos you showed me was it was just like some lady like a blockchain expert it wasn't she wasn't even affiliated with Libra right yeah so so they had two panels it was um David Marcus I believe uh -huh. it was Mr. Marcus and then and then they took like a five minute break after like three or three hours of questioning it seemed like and then they took a five, hour, uh, five minute break and then a new panel came in as a matter of fact I think they had three sessions two with Marcus and then one with that panel of experts so the panel of experts um, obviously they didn't like Libra that much but the um, the crypto expert I, for, I forget her name she's great um, she's, she killed it. She obviously, she's been running a cryptocurrency business for, uh, I think five years now. And, um, and she was explaining the difference between Bitcoin and, and Libra and she did a really good job. Yeah. See, that's important right there more than anything, you know, just educating. Yeah. Yeah. Folk. That's, and, and for this panel, they were, they were more open to listening rather yeah. than, you know, trying to shut yeah, down. I mean, if they're going to come up with policy and stuff, they need to know what the fuck they're talking about. That's right. That's right. You would think. I mean, these Congress people—they they probably hear so much shit on a daily basis. A lot of them probably just don't pay attention. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But what, what was what's the purpose? Like this this committee, like it's gonna be up to them whether or not uh, Libra gets clearance or what. Or well, I think they have to come up with a, a regulatory guideline that supports the cryptocurrency space in general. Um, and they're trying to first understand what Libra is doing and um, and potentially support Libra too. I mean, they don't want to just completely shut down Libra for, for no reason. Yeah. What is this? Here it is. What was that? Meltem Demirers. Oh, okay. She got 91,000 followers. Not bad. Yeah, so, so she's working on a company. Yeah, so she's she's the one who went to the panel and they asked her a bunch of questions of crypto. She did she did great, man. Yeah, she teaches at MIT, Oxford. Good lord. Yep, Jones. <laughs> 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 you know, website. Let me, let me see your website. Meltemdemirs.com. 
try to help people understand what crypto is because it provides freedom of choice and a new lens through which to view the world. Dope. Dope-ass mission statement. I have a good disclaimer. She's doing her part then, dude. I guess she's our fucking Andreas. I don't know. Yeah. Would you put her up there? Is, is that that good? Um. Sh- yeah. I mean, Andreas is just, you know, he's just really good speaker and yeah. he's funny. She's just super she's, knowledgeable. She's, yeah, she's super knowledgeable. I, I wouldn't compare the two. Let me see her investments. <laughs> Going down the rabbit hole, this chick. Yeah. Tetris Capital. That sounds funny. Oh, Ripio Credit Network. Yeah. Okay. Damn. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know most of these, but still. Okay. Well. So, yeah, that was her. So, Libra, man. I guess it's now we just wait and see what happens, you know? Yeah. They put their fucking white paper out there. They let everybody know what their intentions are. Now it's up to the world to decide whether or not shit's going to exist or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Much. That's the thing with Bitcoin, man. Yeah, it's I mean. It's out there no matter what. It's yeah. just a matter of. You know, how that's, long it's going to take for it to... That's the best thing about Bitcoin. It's out there no matter what. Yeah. If you're going to depend on money, you depend on Bitcoin. Although, Chico Crypto, he came up with this, uh, this uh, I guess, inevitability with um, with cryptography and SHA-1, SHA-1, being collided with, uh, with... So, basically, when you create a collision with SHA-1, you, you have the ability to guess your private key of a Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And so that would completely defeat the existence of Bitcoin forever. And so what you would do is you would switch to SHA-2 or SHA-256, which just makes it even more difficult to guess the private key. And so what I'm saying is Bitcoin would have to would have to evolve to support the higher or more difficult um, hashing algorithms to continue protecting the network. But that's just, that that will happen. It, it probably won't happen anytime like soon, like within the five years, but it will have to happen because compu- computational power continues to increase. Mm-hmm. And so when you have an increase in computational power, you have an increased ability to guess somebody's Bitcoin private key. And um, so... <clears throat> The way to defeat that is just make it even more difficult. And so they'll have to update the Bitcoin network to support the new Bitcoin private keys. This is like SegWit, but it's more advanced. Yeah. Seem like create another fork? Mm, like no, no, no. It's no. not. A, it wouldn't be. It would. If it does. Cre- I don't think it creates another fork. It's more like a soft fork. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it does, you want to be on the on the harder chain. Yeah, the more like updated. Yeah, the more updated one. So it's just a matter of switching your, your cryptocurrency accounts from one wallet to another. So, did you watch Neuralink? <sighs> Neuralink? Yeah. Yeah, the presentation. I didn't watch the whole thing. But, yeah, you said you weren't that really impressed. How come? Um, it's not that I wasn't impressed. They just didn't really they didn't really show much. I mean, other than, like, the sensors and all the stuff that they implant on the, on the brains. Yeah, what were you I, expecting? Anything? I wasn't expecting anything, to be honest. Nothing? No, nothing. I mean, I just wanted to hear what they were working on. And the video that they showed was pretty cool. Um, they have, like, this really tiny needle that gets implanted into the brain and you plant these like little sensors and yeah it's not like a thread a nano or not like like it's the size of a neuron essentially yeah and uh and the purpose is what to record you have wireless communication um from your app to this device implanted into your brain and i guess through that you'll have access eventually you will have access to an interface uh an internet interface but how does that get created because shit i don't know well these electrodes i guess they that's what I didn't understand. You know, they didn't. I think they tried to explain it, but I didn't really get it. Yeah. That the the purpose of these threads that are you know layered with all these electrodes is to record those spikes, those sure. action potential signals. So how, so that information somehow, if they have ten thousand nodes, they're recording ten thousand spikes. Yeah. Simultaneously. Yeah. In like a specific region of the brain. Right. So that information, they harness it and then. 
Yeah, like, sort of like I, I would I would imagine that they're using machine learning where let's say for example you have this electrodes connected to your brain and yeah. you start playing a video game. So you're playing Call of Duty and you're recording everything that's going on in the brain when you're just killing it in Call of Duty. And so that data gets fed into machine learning and it starts understanding when patterns patterns of you know, playing the game. And so eventually you wouldn't even need a controller to play the game. Mm-hmm. You would just think your way through it. Like mm-hmm. you're just, your interface is not your fingers anymore to the game. It's just your brain interface. It's a high bandwidth highway to, to this game. Well, that's what they want to start out with, right? Just, they just want you to be able to control like your a robot arm or not even, I think they just want like keyboard and mouse to start out with. Yeah. Like, if we could just control everything on our screen with our brain. Yeah. I guess to them, that's like phase one yeah. or something. Yeah. Imagine like you're surfing the internet and all you're thinking is like, okay, Google, yeah. um, you know, whatever you need to Google. Just open just, a tab and then the tab just opens up. Yeah. It, you don't even say it. You just kind of like think it and it just happens. I mean, that's, that would be the right way to do it. So, <clears throat> But that's just, like I said, phase one. What, the ultimate goal of this project or this company is what? Is, yeah, well, I mean, Neuralink Corporation is an American neurotechnology company founded by Elon developing implantable brain-machine interfaces. So the, the ultimate goal is to provide AI with, with a, a necessary dependency on human beings. So, so if our brains are the ones interfacing with AI, then AI wouldn't have a, a reason to completely destroy us in the worst case scenario. That's, that's what Elon says. So, okay, I can see that. So b- before he thought of this company or whatever, or he, he this was, endeavor, yeah, he's afraid, he was of, afraid of AI because yeah. he, if eventually AI gets to the point where it's making its own decisions, I guess, mm-hmm. it would come to the conclusion that what, we the humans do- are not necessary. No. So by doing this, They'll know, they'll learn, they'll figure out somehow that we're part of the... Yeah, that we can't separate, the AI can't separate itself from from human beings. Why not? I don't know. It would be designed in that way. That's why not. I mean, that's his whole purpose. I mean, if you think about like all the things that he's worked on, especially now with Tesla and then SpaceX, they're more like, like big time human accomplishments, right? They're not just companies anymore. They're like ways to inspire humanity and... The one fear that he has is artificial intelligence and that once it gets too powerful, once it gets too powerful, it's already too late for us to do anything about it. Sort of like blockchain. Blockchain or specifically Bitcoin, now that it's been 10 years, it's too late for anybody to do anything about it. And so we, as humans, we can't afford that to happen with artificial intelligence. And so what he's proposing is if we're interlaced if our brains, our biology is interlaced with artificial intelligence, we become, you know, superhuman in, in a sense because we have unlimited access to information, mm-hmm. but also we become indispensable to artificial intelligence. I don't see how you become indispenssible if because well, the only way aren't it's there like, like limitations to our brain that artificial intelligence doesn't have those same limitations? Well, you know, computers have limitations themselves. They can't even recognize pictures for the most part. They do a bad job recognizing images. Yeah. Now, I mean, we're getting a little bit better with deep fakes and all that, but that's, I don't know, the, the computer itself is not recognizing what it's doing. It just has a job to understand two eyeballs, a nose, and a, and a mouth, and then put something over it. But it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not comprehending what it's doing. And so AI could eventually comprehend that and start doing crazier things and just replacing a face. Mm-hmm. And so if if you create that technology that becomes independent from us, you know, it could pretty much do anything it wants. 
So I think Neuralink, obviously, it's probably ahead of its time from the perspective of people understanding what AI could do. Yeah. Uh, but that's Elon's job, man. That's that's what he does. He he's always like ten steps ahead of everybody. Yeah. Ultimately, it's good. It's a good thing that he's like working on improving medicine in a way. Like this, the, yeah. that, that that's the thing that impressed me the most. Uh, I guess he said something about how like what we had before Neuralink. Yeah, it's like at, at most they plant like ten electrodes or something. No, it's like two electrodes, like deep into the brain. Yeah, something like that to combat like some type Parkinson's. of disease. Parkinson's. Yeah. yeah, it's like deep, deep implantation. Yeah. and his is like ten thousand or something. Yeah, it's like a huge increase in efficient. I don't know efficiency or just and it's it's just an improvement. It's like a small, like little dime size diameter hole that they make into your skull. They they have these implants, you know, done. They they fill that hole with something and then um and then you have like a wireless interface between that part of your brain and you know your yeah yourself so there's like there's a pattern with like elon's life work like he always finds a way like to improve an already existing technology i guess rockets Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know how he did it but he figured out a way well cheaper rockets and well it's like there there are there's no such thing as original ideas there's only remixes uh-huh. And so all he's doing is like you're saying, he's just taking existing ideas and saying, well, how can we make this better? Yeah. And then just doing it. I mean, yeah. obviously he's got the resources now to do this stuff, but it's could be like one of those really important things that if it wasn't for Elon, you know, we'd be like the Terminator. If it wasn't for him? Yeah. If it wasn't for him, we'd be, you know, battling Skynet, and, mm. you know, artificial intelligence. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting. I didn't catch like the Q and A at the very end. It was like freaking almost one one a.m. <laughs> when when it was happening. It's like yeah, and then it was like like a two hour delay or something. Was it really? Yeah, man. I caught it a little late, but I mostly watched like snippets and clips of it. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I mean, it, like you said, it's kind of hard to conceptualize. Like, what, what again? What's the end game of this? Yeah, I'm sure he's only scratching the surface. And they, I think they talked about things that they shouldn't have. Like, yeah, the, whole, the he animals. Said that, he said there's a monkey that's already, you know, doing that, like manipulating the screen or something with his brain. Yeah. So he's got the full on imp- implants in there already. Yeah. And it's functioning, I guess. I don't. I guess he wasn't supposed to release that type of information. Yeah, yet. and he and he said that he cares about the the mice that they do research on too. And I mean, of course, I mean these are all living things and. Yeah. You know, you, you have to care if you don't care about the animals that you're testing on, you know, then you're you're not you're not gonna care that much about the humans you're gonna be testing on either. I mean that's the implication that you mean care, you just mean like just treat them yeah, just like humanely, ethically. Yeah, just yeah. Care about, you know, what they're going through essentially. <laughs> I don't know how much what you can do about that. Because you're, know. I mean, you're talking about this is like real experimentation. Oh, know? yeah. I'm pretty sure they went through a lot of animals. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to try and figure out. Dude, they're digging through their fucking brains and yeah, shit. Yeah. You know, that's that's no easy task. And, you know, this is one of the ways to learn about the brain. I mean, you know, we don't know yeah. a whole lot about the brain. We know a lot. I mean, to some respect, we know something about the brain, but. What's the gray matter in between all the vasculature in your brain? Is it all just clusters of neurons? Yeah, I don't because know. Because like dude. in the in the diagrams, it's literally just piercing through it yeah, all. Yeah, that's what I thought too. It's like, like you seems like brain damage. <laughs> exactly. You might not be bleeding. Yeah. But you uh, you have to be severing some type of connections, right, yeah. in between cells. I would think so. I don't know, unless the, they're just that fucking precise. But I don't I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I mean, it, they look like two spikes in the brain from what, from what I saw, the diagram that they showed. Well, the device itself will just be like something behind your ear, right? Yeah. Like No, I'm talking about there's there was one image where like the old school version of doing this, 
mm-hmm. had like two major oh, I spikes. I didn't, I didn't see that. And so this is this is sort of what I was talking about. This is like the wireless communicator to, I think, via Bluetooth to your phone. And so that you could just update, I guess, yeah. like swap out. Yeah. <sighs> Jesus, man. I don't know. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Holy Spikes. Shit. Wow. So I don't know if these are actually represent that they're going inside the brain, but this doesn't. I would seem think so. Safe. It says deep brain stimulation, so you would seem as deep in there, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. Like they. Yeah, like you said, we don't understand enough about the brain. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that, you know, they thought of this. They had to. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a team full of fucking neuroscientists and shit, so they know well, what, you know, the negatives and the positives is just implanting these threads. Yeah. But that's cool, man. I don't know. It's, it's dead. Like I said, hopefully he creates more fucking metal, medical devices just to make more precise surgery and stuff like that. Like that, that right there, that robot you're showing, who's to say they can't apply that to cancer, you know? Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, because they're doing like super precise fucking surgical, you know. Yeah, those procedures are the, here. the electrodes are they get implanted into the brain, uh-huh. and it's like this tiny little needle. I mean, this looks like a huge machine, but <laughs> obviously, you, I can't really zoom into the little. But this little spike here, this little needle, is what accurately. Yeah. So you're, it was interesting because they showed like a brain, and it was moving because it's alive, right? It's this blood pumping, Pulsing, and yeah. it was. So what the what the computer does is they they anticipate all this movement and they they accurately pinpoint the location where these electrodes are supposed to go in and so therefore you're you're you yield this all these tiny electrodes insert into your brain via that needle and then you get access to whatever interface you're trying to access via this device. So it has to be that specific brain region then. Maybe that's like the motor region. I'm not sure. Right? Jesus. So can you see like a you're just your brain is just covered in these fucking threads at some point. Yeah. Like the whole thing. And you have complete control over like what regions of the brain you can manipulate or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, all the luck to him, man. Yeah. <laughs> to them, I guess, cuz that's some crazy shit. Yeah. But this is yeah, this isn't something like a Yeah, this isn't like a consumer product that's going to exactly. come out in 2020. Yeah. This isn't something like, like all of a sudden you have like wireless communication via your brain interface to your phone, your iPhone. Yeah. Like that's not yeah, how they roll this out. You know what I mean, they're going to have you like Tesla, like pods well, you walk into and you just get brain surgery to, to implant these devices or what? Not well, Tesla. Neuralink. I think for the next, I don't know, 20 to 50 years, this type of technology would be for those who have like Parkinson's and debilitating, you know. Yeah. But I guess it's diseases. just just kickstarting this whole movement, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it was a good it was a good like little presentation that they had. But yeah, anything else you want to say about Neuralink or Libra or any of these crazy Libra. Dude, we're, we're we're living in an interesting time, man. I got to tell you. Yeah, there's like too much shit, man. There is. <laughs> too much shit to keep track of, but the Libra thing, it's interesting. Yeah, it's, at it's the end like of the day, one of those dramas that you're kind of like Curious as to see what's going to happen. Yeah. But only because it has like so many close ties of what's going on in Bitcoin and crypto. Yeah. Because ultimately that's the, that's the space we're in. What the fuck is that? Is it a Ferrari? You see this? Does it look like a Ferrari? It does. But it's a Corvette, huh? It is a Corvette. That's the new one. Who's engine back? What do you yeah, mean? Yeah. So the engine is now over here. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that thing's going to be like 100 grand plus. No, no, no. It starts at 60,000. Really? Yeah. Wow. You get one that looks like this for 60 grand. Damn. Yeah, look at that wow. engine. Well, it's not a, it's not electric. I mean, it goes zero to 60 in under three sec, three seconds. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it to be electric, dude. Corvette? No way. You want one? Nah. I'm going to nope. stick with a Tesla. Roadster? Yep. We'll picture that up. Damn, dude, there was a day where like you would have fucking straight busted a nut at <laughs> looking at that Corvette, dude. Yeah. I, you're very 
very firm with your ideals. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, this is a better car. I mean, obviously, it's, it's always, more expensive. Yeah, this is like two hundred two hundred thousand dollars. But it's. I don't think that looks better than that Corvette you just showed me. No, it may not look better, but it is better. Right. In what sense? Think about like if well, you it's get, faster. It's it is faster, but no more oil changes. Right, you oh, don't yeah. have, you don't have to go and get gasoline anymore. No, like the, the Model S or Model Three and Model S, I'm totally sold on those cars, man. Just the functionality of being able to self-drive and shit yeah. is is insane. Yeah, but you don't buy a Corvette for that, you know, or a sports car. I feel like you buy a sports car. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm not gonna hate anybody getting a Corvette. Yeah, it's just to me, like a car, it's not. I don't know. It's just not as important as it used to be. I guess. Yeah, you used to be really into cars, dude. Yeah. But it's still a sexy car, for sure. And yeah, Well, the thing is, man, this thing, shit, 0 to 60 in 1.9 seconds? Exactly. Well, it's going to blow everything out of the water. Yeah, but it won't sound cool. I was just going <laughs> Yeah, it's just going to come by like lightning <coughs> or breeze in the wind. So, yeah, that was the only thing that came up, like, in my thoughts on latest events. Corvette just came out, like, a couple days ago. They mm. unveiled it. So, yeah, I think that's it, man. Uh, this... This was a good, good conversation, especially with Libra stuff, man. That that stuff to me is fascinating because this is like has real effects on the planet. What Libra? Yeah. Yeah, but it, it, in a way, it's like see, it's like I know it's helping Bitcoin in the long run, but in a way, it's like stealing its thunder. Nah, <laughs> a little bit. I I don't see it that way. I think no, it's definitely not. Because ba- like, like I said, it's 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 creating the conversation. With, with it's Bitcoin, bringing Bitcoin along. It's like the the block and tackle, um, you know, situation we brought up on our last podcast. Libra's blocking while Bitcoin is just running. Mm-hmm. So, Let's yeah. hope the fucking price stays up, dude. Because oh man, we haven't even st- talked it, about the price. It's been steady, man. Ten thousand five hundred. Like it's gonna it's gonna drop soon because so? Bart Simpson's gonna show his face right here. Yeah, that's like a fucking perfect Bart, dude. It I is. It is a perfect Bart. That that might be what why it's not gonna do it because everyone's <laughs> looking at it. It's like, dude, this is total it's Bart making. It's gonna go straight up and just wreck everybody. Yeah, but that 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 looks so unnatural, man. I don't know. I'm 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 done trying to call like what the fuck yeah. Bitcoin's gonna do. This looks more natural, I guess. Well, yeah, like a natural sell-off, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see what happens, man. Like I said, dude, it hit that 9800 critical level, it bounced right off. Never went below. But that yeah. was like our make or break point, dude. And it's doing well, good at holding it, up. It it hit 98 and it bounced up, but it also went to 91. Oh, it did. That's yeah. right. You're right. It went to 91 and then it bounced. That's true. I totally forgot about that. So it could still go, you know, eight grand, but yeah, man, it might not be done correctly. It's definitely not like in any. I mean, overall, is it still bullish? Like, you have any trend lines left over? Oh, they're over here, aren't they? Yeah, but yeah, let's let's uh, let's call it. Like, drew a downward channel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is the the daily chart here. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we can call it. Yeah. We're gonna hit that two hour mark, anyways. All right, guys. This has been the Block Runner podcast. I hope you enjoyed. Make sure you go to theblockrunner.com and uh, also our Twitter account at uh, theblockrunner and ask us any questions. Uh, at you know, tell us what you want to hear about, what you want us to break down, and uh, we'll we'll be back on weekly doing podcasts. And it's gonna be more on YouTube this time. Yeah, we gotta get shit on YouTube. So how do you want to do it? Just the whole thing plastered on there? Or are you gonna find like, topics? Um, segments? Oh no. So we'll probably put the whole thing on there but then we'll also do the segments just because the more surface area you create on the internet the more chance that you will find you so so yeah thank you for listening and we'll be back in about a week i do look at the camera to sign out or what <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you for listening to the Block Runner podcast. Make sure you visit our website, theblockrunner.com, and sign up to stay up to date on the latest in crypto. Also, reach out to us on Twitter at theblockrunner.